0: This is for Doh with MedTech Insight. Today, we're speaking with Amy Abernathy, the Principal Deputy Commissioner at the FDA. As the second in command at the agency, she has been critical to a number of initiatives, but most notably for modernizing its IT infrastructure. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. As we've reported, you recently announced that you're leaving the FDA sometime in mid to late April. So what led to that decision? First of all,
1: it's a delight and honor to be here with you today. What led to my decision to step out from my role at the agency now. Well, as you mentioned, I'm principal deputy commissioner and also the acting CIO. And in my roles at the agency, I've taken on a book of work focused on data and tech modernization at the agency, as well as the use of novel data sources like data to advance our understanding of what works for whom and when. And we have initiated a number of roadmaps. We have the Technology Modernization Action Plan, which started in September 2019. We've recently announced our Data Modernization Action Plan in March of 2021. And we have a lot of work happening in real-world data through the Evidence Accelerator Program for COVID-19. And these critical activities, these books of work, really have gotten underway and developed their own wings. There are um, people who have been hired. There's organizational changes that have been put in place to continue to advance the work. There's funding. And given those critical changes, I felt like it's time for me, who who's focused on the foundational elements, but really, you know, my job is to get it going. I need to step out of the way now and let the teams of people the champions continued to do this work and let it fly. And so I felt like now in April of 2021 was the right time to step aside and, um, really let this work soar.
0: So I want to step back a little bit and kind of look at what were your initial impressions, uh, when you took the job versus what it kind of became.
1: (laughs) Well, so, uh, let's step back to when I started. Uh, This was February, 2019. And, uh, will remember the shutdown. So I literally started um, in the middle of the shutdown. And when I came to the agency, I had stated that my areas of focus, uh, had a, my intended areas were going to be real-world data, personalized medicine, and making sure that the patient is at the center of everything we do. And I arrived at the agency and recognized that if personalized medicine was going to advance forward it was going to mean that all of the innovations that are on the clinical development pipelines, at that time, over 900 INDs for cell and gene therapies, was going to swamp the agency if we didn't have a way of thinking about how we scale the work we do at FDA. And so in order to advance precision medicine, we actually have to be able to scale the work of the agency. I realized that, by the way, uh, if we're going to be able to use data sources and novel data sources in new ways to have data-informed decision-making, we're going to need to make sure that the infrastructure is there to allow the storage and management of the data, as well as key activities like governance and analysis of data. And so it was interesting that what I thought I was coming to do, which was predominantly focused on scientific-based regulatory decision-making, really shifted very quickly to infrastructure and data and technology modernization because it was clear to me that if we were going to scale the book of the work of the agency, if we were going to be able to work more efficiently and faster, if we were going to be able to really leverage modern data sources, we were going to need to change the way that we use data and technology at the agency. And so by April of 2019, I had taken on the role as the acting CIO really intended to combine my roles as principal deputy commissioner and CIO in order to focus on first putting in these foundational pieces around data and technology modernization.
0: Interesting. It's, uh, it's a long time ago. I remember all of that. So what do you feel like were your greatest challenges these past few years, and how did you address them?
1: Well, So you wouldn't be surprised that the, day, the greatest challenges are really cultural Um and I realized as I came to the agency, similar to many other organizations, so this wasn't just an FDA thing, that oftentimes IT is treated as a utility. IT is sort of seen as the group who makes sure that your laptops work and um ultimately make sure that you have a cell phone signal or um phones in your office and a teleconferencing line. Uh, and are otherwise the annoying people who tell you about cybersecurity risks, and outside of that, IT is not seen as core strategy. And so one of the biggest cultural shifts that I needed to focus on was how do we move from a place of data and technology being seen as core strategy the agency And something that every leader in the agency needs to be worried about as a core piece of the strategy for their particular product center. So such as the drug center, the biologic center, food, tobacco, each of those organizations seeing data and technologies core to their center-specific goals and strategies, but that also we can't keep doing it differently for all the different parts of the agency. So the second part of this, the cultural shift, was to recognize that if we're going to leverage modern technical and data practices, then we actually need to do that in an enterprise way using common collaborative approaches across the agency. And that meant that centers often having their own roadmaps, business-specific roadmaps, one for drugs, one for biologics, another one for food, are going to need to figure out how do we join our technical and data roadmaps so that we're doing something enterprise-wide and we can focus on, for example, trans-agency strategies to leverage data, trans-agency strategies to leverage the cloud, etc. The third part of the cultural um, challenge was to make sure that our data and technical teams at the enterprise level. So essentially IT was really moved from a place of again, being predominantly operational and utility to seen, being seen as state of the art, best in class technical partners. And that the agency saw the IT teams and the data teams as technical partners. And our IT and data teams themselves can see themselves as um, really the experts at the table and be able to have that partnership and collaborative discussion and also acknowledge that we're all in this together as an FDA in service of public health. And so interestingly, everything I've just told you has nothing to do with making decisions about how we're going to leverage the cloud specifically or how we're going to use a particular network, what was everything about how we're going to think about the culture of enterprise-wide data and technology decision-making and strategy for the agency, and how do we make sure that the people are equipped to have the conversation?
0: Well, why do you feel like that cultural shift did not happen before? Was there a budgetary issue? Was there a you know, generational difference and maybe, or maybe a, you know, a a lack of knowledge on the part of some of the leadership and like, why was that uh, something that somebody like you had to come in to be able to, you know, get started?
1: It's an interesting question. Um, So I think it was several things. Uh, And and importantly, we've made the majority of our shifts and changes without Um, adding to the budget. So I made a commitment when I started this to do it in a budget-neutral way um, because fiscal discipline is part of a strong data and technology strategy. And, you know, if I go to what are some of the underlying reasons that we landed where we are, um, you know, one is something that I have called CIO whiplash. Um, FDA had had I believe 11 different CIOs in a decade and each CIO comes in with their own point of view and roadmap and agenda. And it becomes really hard for a data and technology organization to have consistent plans and really follow an overall consistent roadmap if the CIOs keep changing. And so one was, um, really, I think the the need to shift to a way of managing enterprise-wide data and technology so that it is not at the um, whim of the CIO of the moment, but rather is planful and a part of overall core agency strategy. And um, the second thing is that the CIO was not seen as a core agency leader. So, you know, how can you have... Um, data and technology be seen as core agency strategy if the CIO reports several layers down in the agency. So uh, another critical element was that because I'm the principal deputy commissioner and the acting CIO, I could leverage my um, senior leadership role to make sure that the strategic aspects um, of the data technology organization get lifted to the visibility across the agency. I think the third is that, um, you know, we are a science-based agency. We're a science-based public health agency. Data, information, like that is our core currency in exchange. So, you know, it's not that data doesn't matter to the agency and, and in science. And so I think that the need to modernize data and IT practices may have seen like, oh no, of course we've got that because we're a, you know, data-rich, data-heavy agency. But it turns out that We indeed are information rich, but we've not really been working with structured data in modern ways. And so being able to shift that thinking was something that just really took a new set of eyes to highlight. And I think that was what I was able to do.
0: Do you feel like there are any unfinished businesses at the agency that, you know, you weren't able to get to?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, there's always unfinished business. And um, I would be lying if I said there wasn't. I feel good, though, that One of my sort of cherished roles at the agency was to hire my successors, so to speak, and to be able to bring in people that I trust, the American people can trust, and the agency can trust to do these jobs well. So any unfinished business, we've got amazing people, Vin Desai, Rob Iyer, and uh, a number of key professionals in places to, to really take Um, that work forward. Maybe a spectacular uh, CISO, Craig Taylor, who really has um, helped FDA be the go-to example for cybersecurity um, across HHS. And so I think a lot of the elements of unfinished business um, really are tactical things that I would love to have continued to work on. But really, I see that getting the people in place was my core task. Um, The last thing I'd say is that, you know, I I highlighted that we've got the data technology modernization activities and then also all the work on the real world data side and really the connections between people um, in different parts of the agency who are real world data experts, clinical evidence generation experts, et cetera. I, I would love to continue in the scientific discussion of how do we advance the work around scientific methods in real world data science and real world evidence and lots of unfinished business there um, that will take years, if not decades, to continue to develop. And man, oh man, I'd love to still be part of that conversation. But again, I can step aside because I know that the people who are working in those spaces absolutely um, are experts in their areas. And we sort of laid the groundwork for how they're going to work together at the agency and beyond the agency to advance this part of uh, the task.
0: So how do you think some of these initiatives, you know, you kind of talked about uh, such as the data modernization efforts uh, have panned out so far and do you have any mile markers uh, that you've been using or are still using uh, to uh, say, Hey, this was a success.
1: Great question. Um, so the technology modernization roadmap, uh, we are about eight months ahead of schedule for what I was expecting us to be able to do. So our technology modernization roadmap included um, cloud forward strategies, our organizational design of our technology um, organization, people and culture, renewing our communication strategy, renewing our budget strategy, and um, then making sure that we're moving um, our work forward in a, use case-driven way. And all of those things are now moving forward. We have teams working on essentially productizing availability of cloud services. We have um, uh, teams working on, on um, the cultural practices of our organization. We call it new ways of working. Uh, we So these things are all moving forward. And as I said, I said, we're about eight months ahead on our roadmap and really have some compelling examples that have helped the whole agency understand what our technology organization can do. It allowed us then to announce our data modernization activities um, and really start moving them forward. And there, you know, I think we're just getting started with what the milestones are going to be. One of the critical milestones was to get the data modernization action plan out. Um, and in the context of, the pandemic and everything else is going on, I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to get it out on time. Um, so it was really great to see that we were able to get it out before I leave the agency. And so it was announced on, on March 3rd. And we'll start with our governance model and start um, to to move forward with driver projects and examples. And so there, I don't think we really have the milestones in place yet for me to be able to say whether or not we're ahead or behind. Um, but I'm, I'm just really satisfied with the fact that we were able to get that plan out within the context of the pandemic. That happened when we hired a chief data officer in April of 2020 and still have never worked together in a face-to-face environment. And we've been really moving things forward to the get to the point where we had the action plan the fact that we got it out in that context, I feel proud of. But I do think that we need to lay down those milestones
0: going forward. And that is pretty impressive. Uh, in a tweet after the announcement of your departure, you said you plan to stay engaged in public health. Uh, you know, after your tenure at FDA, tell us a little bit more about your future plans and what you meant by that tweet.
1: Mm, sure. So, so first of all, um, just to make sure that this is uh, this is something that that you know about. Um, My situation, uh, because I'm principal deputy commissioner at the FDA and and FDA rules and requirements, uh, I can't even really think about or work on um, uh, identifying a a new uh, role or book of work for me into the future. So I have to wait until I uh, leave the agency to make new plans is what I'm getting at. Um, So that is important because when i say i'm taking two to three months to stop and brainstorm and read and write and think it's very intentional uh and it will be the opportunity that, that to like, start to figure these things out but i do think that you're going to find me continuing the path that i've been working on for the last 20 years i have always been focused on how do we take better care of the patient, the person sitting in front of me in the clinic. I'm a cancer doctor by background, and I've literally been um, almost haunted by the fact that we can't figure out better treatments. We can't figure out better care pathways fast enough for the people for whom I've been responsible for providing care. And so I'm going to continue on my journey of figuring that out through data and technology, through better clinical trial designs and improving the evidence generation process by both clinical trials and robot evidence, through thinking of a discovery of treatments, through thinking of a clinical decision support, digital health, and issues in that space, where I actually land, I don't really know.
0: We'll have to just find out then, I guess. Um, you know, your name was floated several times for commissioner, but despite the changing administration and uh, HHS leadership, that never happened. And I know you said uh, Janet Woodcock is the right person for the role right now. But do you have any thoughts or feelings about you know not getting the top job at the agency?
1: I feel really strongly about Janet Woodcock being the right person. I felt comfortable leaving my role because of the fact that Janet woodcock is there and man oh man she has really changed i think um a lot of the ways that we do our work at the agency and our thinking even in the short tenure she's had as acting commissioner i've been impressed by her ability to think about the whole agency and not just um the center from which she came the drug center um you know for me i've been on this journey as i said about how do i take better care of the patient sitting in front of me for my entire career. This has been literally my fourth career as a clinician, a professor of medicine and a researcher. I worked at a health tech company as the chief medical and chief scientific officer and now at a regulatory agency. And so I feel really comfortable that my job right now is to stay on that path of what I do best. And so that's the reason why I've really focused on um, making sure that the things that I've been doing at the agency are buttoned up, in a way that they're going to continue to flourish. And I can keep pushing this agenda forward of how do we take better care of the person sitting in front of us?
0: Uh, Is there anything that I haven't touched on that you think is worth mentioning?
1: I don't think so. You know, one thing I'd say to you is that I I have been so humbled to be able to be in the public service. you know, I can't quite describe to you how, um, much of an honor it is and also how unexpected it is until you get to a place like FDA and you realize the remit, you realize the responsibility within the context of public health and and how important the decisions that you make every day are in service of our country and actually really the world. And so I would encourage anybody who's been thinking about public service to definitely go back and rethink and find ways to sign up, whether it's in your community or it's in uh, as a part of the federal government or something else, because it really is a really um, humbling and uh, honorific experience.
0: Well, Amy, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us, and uh, we'll stay in touch, uh, and we'll watch out for what you know comes your way in your next adventure.
1: Thank you. Be safe.